Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Death by Stereo. I'm RJ. Brent. And TJ. We're going to go ahead and kick it off the same way we always do with This Year in Horror 1980. So looking down the list right off the bat, I see what most people consider to be an absolute classic. I am not as high on, and I'll probably get crucified for that, but The Shining. I know TJ, you really like that a lot. RJ, you've seen The Shining? I have. I remember seeing the ending as a kid, okay. but I have not seen the whole movie. Um, it's probably on my list of things to rewatch. Yeah, I watched it when I was younger and really enjoyed it, and then I watched it a few years ago as an adult, and I just it's not that I didn't like it, but I just felt like it was a bit long, and I felt like I was I don't know it was slow at parts, but a lot of Stephen King's movies are long though. Yeah, and that's not always a bad thing for me. Like, I never had that problem with it. Um, I remember liking The Stand. I don't think I've watched that all the way through, but... Um, I mean, The Shining's classic. Like, I don't dislike it at all. It's just, I don't think I'm as high on it as everybody else. Um, but the original movie, The Fog... I have wanted to see that. I can't remember. I think I have seen it. Isn't, um... God, I feel like... Who's in that that I've seen? Tom Atkins, James Yeah, Harris. okay, I have seen that. That that I enjoyed. I've never seen the remake with Thomas Jane, but that's, that's what that cover. No, that's the mist. But the mist. That you're cover right. on there is for the remake. Is it? That's yeah. funny. It looked like kind of CGI, so that makes sense. Because that's why I was confused. Because I thought the original one had like a ghost ship on it or whatever, like in green. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I could be wrong, but um, I, I definitely enjoyed that. It was it was a fun little cheesy '80s movie. Uh, the original Friday the 13th came out, which, I mean, I think we all definitely enjoy that. I will say, for anybody that's never seen it, like most of the time when you go to the store, you're going to be very deceived because you see Jason Voorhees on the cover, you know, as we see him in later sequels, and he's not in it at all, you know, spoiler. I mean, that's how the whole thing is marketed, though. But that's what's bad, is like, the first time I watched it, I, I watched it as an adult, and I kept waiting for Jason, and I was pissed off that he never really came. And like, I wasn't mad that the mom was the killer. It was a cool twist, but you just when you put Jason, like, that's like putting Michael Myers on the cover, and he never comes. And you're like, what the fuck? You know, like, season oh, of the just Witch like Halloween three. Yeah, I mean, he's not on the cover, so I give. I guess I'll give him a little bit of credit for that. But um, I do enjoy the well the original. What you're talking about, that's re-released versions. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, on yeah. the original poster. No, it was just a shadow or like an outline. But mm. that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of the re-released versions. He's on there, and it's like I, I always think it's really deceiving for people that haven't seen it. But um, he is in the end, though. Yeah, I mean he's there, but it's just when you put that hockey mask on the front, I think people are gonna have expectations, you know. And I don't know. Every um, time I see those, though, I always have to check because it could also be the the remake. That's <laughs> so true. I never like I was like, is this the remake or are they mismarketing it? Yeah. <laughs> I do enjoy that. Uh, I mean, it's got young Kevin Bacon in it. He gets an arrow through the throat, which it's funny. Like a good example of older movies sometimes are better in a way. Like if you find like an old VHS or DVD copy, it's a little grainier and you can't see the prosthetic on his neck. But if you watch it in like 4K, you, know, you can kind of see it, which isn't a bad thing. But it's just kind of funny that you know we we want to see things in you know high def and 4K, and then sometimes it just it shows you like the little um, like inconsistencies or things in movies, but. Uh, moving on, Motel Hell is on here. I know, TJ, you said you're not a huge fan of that. You're not? No, I didn't like it, personally. Okay. It's been on my Prime watch list for a while, um, and then it went off of Prime and came back. But ever since you said that, now I'm like not super excited to watch it. Um, oh, well, you never know. Yeah. Definitely worth a shot. Yeah. Cannibal Holocaust. Have either one of you guys seen that? I've never even heard of that. Okay. I mean, 
unpopular opinion for most people in like the horror world um i like green inferno better <laughs> and i know like that's terrible to say people would probably crucify me just like <laughs> how you're talking about the shining but yeah the thing is, is like that one like they actually like harmed real animals and like that's right it was just like i don't know it was just like too much but like with green inferno i like that it was like there was some comedy pieces in there and i think that's why some people don't like it yeah but it was stuff that heavy like i feel like i need the comedy to like kind of break it up yeah because if not i'm just gonna sit there and be grossed out the whole time i did research cannibal holocaust and they, they murdered a monkey they murdered a turtle like they murdered actual re- animal real animals and then I guess um, the director had basically made the cast go into hiding after the film, like when the film was released, mm-hmm. because he wanted it to seem like they actually got murdered. And then I think he actually got called into like an actual trial because they thought they were actually murdered, which yeah. was funny. And I mean, I remember watching it when I was younger, and like it really did kind of creep me out because I thought it felt real, kind of yeah. like what we talked about with Paranormal Activity yeah. and like Blair Witch and stuff. But like as an adult, I would rather rewatch Green Inferno. And I mean. I don't know. I just I liked Green Inferno. Um, I mean, I but I feel like we're in the minority. <laughs> well, which is funny, and it's funny when you had talked about that originally because I I enjoyed it and I thought that I don't know. I mean, it was nothing groundbreaking, but I thought it was a good movie, and I was surprised yeah. it got the hate that it did. But I mean, if I'm gonna watch like a cannibal movie, that's the one I prefer to watch. Sure, sure. Have either of you heard of Night of uh, Night of Death? It's a French movie. Uh, I have not. No, I haven't. What is it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just sounded interesting. Oh. No, I haven't even... I thought you were going to like say a synopsis or whatever. Yeah. That's why no, I don't really know what it's about. I just... Leaving us hanging. Oh. Uh, City of the Living Dead. I think that's on my Prime watch list. Uh, I mean, it's got the Of the Living Dead tag, so that inter- you know instantly perked me up. I don't know. I mean, I'll probably watch it just because it's like an 80s zombie movie, but I've never heard it talked about, so I don't expect good things. Um... Prom Night with Jamie Lee Curtis. I've never seen that, but I am a fan of her. So, have either one of you... Yeah, you seen that too, Jamie? Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Do you? Is it like a Carrie type of thing? No, it's a, it's a slasher movie. Oh, okay. It's like... <clears throat> it's one of those who donate. Like, there's someone murdering them. It's it's like the day of Prom Night. They kind of show a, a scene at the beginning that foreshadows what's to come. And gotcha. It's like people just getting knocked off during, like, the weekend of Prom or the week of Prom. Interesting. Uh, a little callback to our episode five, I believe, Maniac. Um, that's highly recommended. So if you um, want to hear our thoughts on that and the remake, go check it out. But TJ and I really loved yeah. the original Maniac for sure. Yeah, both of them are good movies. Yeah. The remake and the absolutely original. Uh, TJ, you had pointed out Terror Train. Is that? Yeah. I feel like I've heard of that. That's another uh, Jamie Lee Curtis slasher. Is movie. it? I, I like <laughs> it a lot. It's like it takes place on a train. It's New Year's Eve. And Interesting. It's fun because, like, they're all dressed up in costumes, but, like, so it's, like, hard because, like, the killer just, like, takes his costume after he kills someone and, like, just kind of moves, awesome. moves around the train. It's I like it. It's Do good. you have that one? Yeah. No, that's, yeah. That sounds awesome. You should put that on the to, right. to bring list at some point. Um, I mean, she really is a, a scream queen, isn't she? That's yeah, because, like, I mean, like, hol- both Halloweens and then those two, that was just within, like, the span of, like, three or four years, like. Yeah. Uh, Christmas Evil. I feel like I've heard of that, but I've definitely never seen it of either one of you. <laughs> I actually, I have it, yeah. and it's one that I, like, blind bought just because I like Christmas horror movies, but sure. I haven't watched it yet, so I'll have to let you know later. Okay. Wasn't, so, Boogeyman, the one that came out recently, that was a remake? No, this that's not the same thing. That Boogeyman is, like, more of, like, a slasher movie. Huh. The one you're talking about is more like a like a supernatural, like, creature-ish type yeah. movie. Yeah. Mm. That one looks, I mean, that looks pretty good by the cover, too. 
I'll tell you what, the '80s had some kick-ass movie covers. Like, you know, you're seeing that more with Scream Factory releases and like re-releases of stuff. But I, I'm a sucker for a good movie cover. Like, I've watched some real shit because I'm like, the cover looks awesome. I bet that's good. And then a lot of times it turns out to to not be. But uh, Mother's Day, that's funny because we had asked if there were any Mother's Day horror movies when we did our um, our blind by episode. So that's funny that that's out there. Night of the Demon. I doubt that that's the same thing as Night of the Demon, so I wonder... It's not. Yeah, it's a different... There's I, two. I thought of the same thing. I, it's not, because, like, I remember when I wanted to watch the other, the actual one that we're thinking of, um, and uh, that was on Amazon, and I clicked on it, and I'm like, that's not the same thing. No. It looks like uh, it's about some professor and anthropology students that they're trying to find Bigfoot, but they end up uncovering something far more sinister at work. So, didn't hook me. I don't think I'll be watching that one. I don't know. I just... It's weird when... Two movies have the same name, because I'm like, that's confusing. Change yeah. your movie something else. Um, you looking down the list, there's not really anything else that I see. It looks like a lot of crap, to be honest. Um, well, I mean, but in the 80s, I feel like horror was, like, oversaturated, so you probably did have a lot of crap. Even though we had a lot of good, like, there's probably yeah, a lot of crap, too. Um, there's really nothing else that like, I see. I'm trying to look. I'm looking upside down. <laughs> yeah, you, you feel free to browse it. There, right. just, there wasn't anything else that I saw Browse. That, peruse the list but that's a great movie but like i don't necessarily consider it like full-on horror dress to kill kill, it's like i feel like it's more i don't know it feels more like a thriller a really good movie okay um i'd say there's a couple that i would take from this list to watch you should check them out try and find them might be a good a good watch i'd watch any of these but i just yeah i don't know new year's evil sounds interesting Hold on, I'm looking. Just At a certain point, I, I mean, I'd, I'd watch, I'd give anything, almost anything, a chance, but it's, I'm not seeing anything major yeah. that sticks Inferno's out. Inferno's good, like, it's part of a trilogy, like, um, Dario Argento's trilogy with, like, Suspiria, okay. and, uh, I think it's called Mother of Darkness, maybe? That one's, like, a newer one, so it's hard for me to remember that one. Oh. But, well, yeah, it's, like, a trilogy of, it's, it's like, uh, uh, I gotta figure it out. I'll get back to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, other than that, I don't, I don't see anything major. Uh, I mean, it was, it's pretty top heavy in 1980, but obviously that's probably my favorite decade of horror. I would say if I had to I'll think off the top of my head, so it was, it was, you know, starting to kick it off. I'm and, weird because like, obviously you know, The Shining is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, not even just horror, but yeah, like I don't, I don't ever classify that as an 80s movie. Like I know it, it came out early on in 1980, but it feels more like a 70s like horror movie. And like it was filmed in the 70s, so like it's weird when people say it's an 80s movie because I'm like, it, if you like are familiar with like what it, what movies felt and looked like in like the 70s and what they oh, felt yeah. like in the 80s, it doesn't feel like an 80s horror movie. It feels like a 70s horror movie. I would say the same thing about Friday the 13th though. Um, kind of, yeah. The first one, kind of, yeah. I don't know. But then they slowly just get 80s. Like, they're all, like, pretty much... I think The Shining, I would agree with that. I mean, the the decor in the hotel, their clothes, it does scream 70s. You can tell that it was, it was, I mean, the brainchild of the 70s and filmed in the 70s, and, um, I I agree with that, but it is plugged in 1980, so... Falls in the category. it's just, for me, like, if somebody was like, what's your favorite 80s horror film? Like, that wouldn't be, like... I wouldn't think of that because I'm like yeah. it feels more like a, a product of the '70s, but yeah, no, I could agree with that. But yeah, so that's 1980 in horror. Uh, a few, a few good ones, but a lot of weird stuff we haven't seen or heard of. So might be some gems in there. Who knows? Check it out for yourself. All right, so we are back again this month with uh, horror in real life. I think we we might have skipped it last time because um, nobody had anything, but. 
I did find something that was like kind of fitting to one of our movies that we picked this month. And this is, it's kind of like an older article. It was published on October 30th, so of, of 2019. So it was probably, you know, thrown out there just for like the Halloween uh, season and stuff. And remember, you like take this with a grain of salt. Like it's a story that doesn't mean that it's true. Like doesn't necessarily mean that we believe it either. It could be. But this was, like, a story that was written about a man's, like, Twitter feed. I guess he, like, he um, was, like, telling a horror story from his past. Um, and he, he like, told the story through several different tweets. Essentially, like, to sum up the story, like, in a shorter version, um, uh, this guy was telling a story about when he was a kid, and um, he, like, caught a man, like, living in his walls of his house <laughs> and he says that like it all started like one time when he was like uh it says nine years old um uh, back in 1981 he was hungry and he like snuck downstairs um he, he said he always enjoyed sneaking downstairs and getting snacks at night because his mom and dad like couldn't stop him and he would like just go down not turn on any lights and just walk on down and then the one night he came down and he remembered that they had um a fish and shrimp restaurant um for dinner and there was leftovers in the refrigerator and he went down and he said he just saw a man like a skinny guy eating the leftovers and drinking out of their milk carton <laughs> um and he can't he said i can't explain how terrifying it is for someone to be in your house and being eight years old like walking up and so he slowly backed away and crept back upstairs and the guy never like noticed him and he went and told his mom and dad and they thought he was crazy <laughs> Um, no one they, and, the kid. and he continued to tell them like different times about it. And they just, they, they repeatedly just didn't like believe it. Um, and then there was one moment he said where he was like sitting in his room reading and he like looked over to the AC unit and like the oh vent or whatever. And he saw like a person, like, like eyes staring at him <laughs> through the AC vent. I wouldn't laugh, um, but knowing what we know about our second movie, it just, it's yeah, funny. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but he said, uh, hold on. I'm trying to see how he wrapped it up, but... So, yeah, he just says, like, basically he says, like, because, like, he would tell other people these stories and everyone kind of just laughed it off that it was just something that scared him throughout his childhood, and he never really knew, like, at one point it just stopped, and he was assuming that the man just died in their walls, which <laughs> I don't believe that because it would have smelled bad, Yeah. but, like, the what fact that he just, like, saw someone, like, I don't know, maybe he really did see something, I don't know about that, but... Yeah. I don't know, it's just, it was real fitting for, like, one of the movies we picked for this month, and I just thought that it's fucking creepy. Like, that's, I've seen that portrayed in a couple different horror movies where, like, someone is living in the walls, and I just can't imagine how that starts, and, like, how it doesn't get, it goes unnoticed, and it's just, it's a creepy thought. Yeah, free rent, I mean, as long as you're willing to uh, eat scraps and you yeah. not bathe and stuff, you know? Yeah, you just, bad. like, squat and, like, eat their food when they're in bed, and... <laughs> That's hilarious. I think I saw I saw a movie recently that I may end up showing you guys one time, and uh, they called it Frogging. And so, like, what they were doing in the movie was they were like young they were like young adults, and they were like waiting for people to leave for work. And when they were closing the garage door, they would they would run and like roll under, and then they would like <laughs> basically they would search the house for a room that doesn't get used very often, and they would 
so like they found this guest room and then they like put their things in that guest room closet and they basically hide out in there and they set up cameras in the house so that they can see where people are like where their movements are while they are there and then they like come out at night and they like eat the food and like then they go back in and it's just i don't know it's, it's crazy but... it's funny that they have the, tech, the like the money for like security cameras and stuff like so obviously it's not a, a finance thing it's just they just want to do it i guess for their yeah. enjoyment i don't know frogging now i'm gonna every time i pull out of my drive i'm gonna be like looking around like dude i always do though like whenever you're, you're, i like, you're already I was, paranoid enough yeah i don't, don't need, need to be more be, paranoid you don't need to be any worse like That's at true. one point when i lived with like my in-laws for like a little bit and like they, when we would close their door, I'm like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't think anything about it because yeah. they, they don't think that there's like a reason to be worried about that stuff. But like, I, if the garage door is closing, I'm like, you never know. Like, you guys live in a nice neighborhood. Like, <laughs> that's hilarious. I have people in my neighborhood that just leave their garage doors open during the day, and I'm like, why? Like, you're just inviting somebody in. A lot of people in. like they truly don't think there's anything to be worried about. Like, I see people in our neighborhood um, app that are like, oh, someone came to my car last night and stole a bunch of credit cards and stuff, and people are like, were your, were your doors unlocked? And they're like, well, yeah, and I'm like, I don't feel bad. You literally left fucking money in your car and your door unlocked. Like, oh, yeah. It's 2019, or it's 2020, and, like, if you don't believe that shit happens, then, like, the, I, you deserve for that to happen to you. Oh, yeah, it's... Like, even, like, on where I live, like, with that busy road, like, I lock my doors, and, oh, like, yeah. I mean, I lock my car doors, and I don't leave stuff in there, even because they can break windows, like... Oh, I have nothing... I mean, my car's in the garage at night, and I have nothing in there. If you broke in, they'd probably trash my car because they'd be so pissed because they'd get, like... A dollar fifty and change. There's nothing right. else in there. Like I don't keep shit in my car just for for that reason. But I learned the hard way. Frogging. That's hilarious. Yeah, dude. I, I you're you're one of those people kind of because like when I come to your house sometimes you just leave the door unlocked and stuff and I'm like wait I shouldn't say that. For you guys. You don't know where he lives. So it's fine. <laughs> for, for you guys I leave it unlocked. Now you have to move. <laughs> or if I'm expecting somebody, but that door. Or like stays. when you leave windows open at night, like that's too risky for me. I, I have I have bars on my window. Open. I'm just weird yeah. about that, man. Like, I just feel like people can get well, ladders. Even in the fucking like... 60s, like, that's when some of those, like, murderers, like, kill people because what's they snuck face? in through their windows Oh, yeah, and what's shit? his face? Like, um, the good-looking guy from uh, the Netflix thing. Uh, not oh, Bundy, Bundy. Yeah, Ted Bundy fucking sucking people's windows Well, so did locked. that Richard Ramirez guy. Like, he just, like, snuck in at night. He snuck in while people were sleeping, so they didn't know. And I'm like, yeah, what fuck the fuck? That, like, dude. even, I don't care. Like, I'm not leaving my windows open or anything like that. Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess I could be called paranoid for, like, I don't even leave second-story windows open. And, like, you need a ladder, yeah. and I should hear that, but... I don't know. I'm just. It's I don't weird. care though. Me and you might be paranoid, but like we're prepared. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. You're gonna have to work to get in my house for sure. So I don't know. That's crazy. But... Hopefully there's not any stalkers listening to this and they're like, well, all right, you know. challenge accepted. If you can figure out where any of us live at this point, you know, go for it. Well, go. Not me. Brent might be a little more prepared for that because okay. I'll, I'll put Brent's address on the Facebook page. He's like Kevin McCallister. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, gonna say my I'm guns. Will, my guns will get some use now. So <laughs> all right, let's do it. Um, Hold off. Give me a few more months, and then I'll be ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Need, need to prepare a little bit, make a battle plan. <laughs> but yeah, that's funny. Yeah, we'll uh, you'll, you'll see why that story is relevant here um, once we talk about our second movie. But that's interesting. Also, maybe just use it as a lesson to that too. Yeah, yeah. You can't be too careful. So. I mean, like I said, that story could be fake, but the fact that they've made like movies about stuff like that, like I'm sure at some point it's happened, mm-hmm. or some maybe not the walls, but like. There's some kind of form of that that's happened. Squatters like, get in your house. Yeah, right. I have no doubt about that. So, yeah. Like, I even have, I have, like, I fear that sometimes when I'm, like, I'll be up here and I think I hear stuff in the basement. I'm, like, did someone, like, break it? Because we have a basement door. And, mm-hmm. like, I'm always, like, did someone get in there while we weren't home? And they're just, like, chilling out in the basement. Because, like, you never know. Like, but anyways. I was in the basement a couple nights ago. And I was uh, playing Xbox. And I guess one of our uh, 
smoke detectors in the basement. I guess it's like starting to go out. And all of a sudden it was a sharp beep. And I like jumped up and turned around because I sit down there <laughs> in the dark, you know, because I'm like focused on the screen. And I like right. jumped up. I'm like, what the fuck? And there's nothing. I walked down and there's nothing out there. But I'm like, god damn it. Like, I just feel vulnerable sitting yeah. there. Like, you, you know how my basement is. You have to right. walk in. And right. I just feel like, feel like my back's turned. I'm so, <laughs> like, I want to set up like booby traps. Like, just as like an alert system for you to come behind should, me. We should fuck with them sometime. <laughs> I'm telling I, you. I like that idea. Wait until a time when Gabby's like in bed. She <laughs> scratch scratch on his window. <laughs> well, I sit there and like, I'll sit there at night and I have my headset on. And, like, everything's coming through my headset, so I'm like, I really can't hear much, and I'm like, I'm too vulnerable. Well, we probably here. shouldn't. He'll probably fucking shoot our ass. That's true, yeah. You, yeah, don't, don't ever surprise to, we me. We have to sneak in before. <laughs> yeah. He's like, because he sleeps until, like, 1.30 in the afternoon. So we can sneak in and, like, take all the bullets out of his guns. Tell and then Gabby we can, like, like wear... If you find my guns, good luck. Yeah, that's half the battle. I'll Tell try Gabby to we, we have a, We have an inside person. Yeah. She, <laughs> she'd be all for fucking with problem with that, but... Uh, Gabby, funny. can we fuck with Brent? Oh, absolutely. I'll leave the door on left for you. Like, she goes to work at an early time. We'll just let her, like, we'll let her come in and hang out, and then when we hear him getting up, we'll hide. <laughs> I, would, I would attack you. Do, so fun, do, do fun stuff, like set up some <laughs> kind of booby trap where he sits up and, like, a gallon of milk jump, uh, dumps on him. And... Once, If you did that, even once I realized it was you, I'd beat you to death for just doing that to me. So You'd have to catch me first. Ah, that's not a problem. Challenge Actually, the funny part is that he'd probably beat you, and I'd just be sitting there laughing, and he wouldn't realize that I was a part of it. And like, true. I would just assume. That's how it always happens. Like you two go at it, and I'm sitting there with a shitty grin. (laughs) Like you two go at it, and I'm just sitting there like, yes. Like I'm like the uh, emperor in like Star Wars. Like (laughs) fight each other. (laughs) That's funny. But all right, good times. Yep. Movie Um, number one. Yep. So I went first this month, and I was actually gonna like play a movie for them on the Shutter app, but I was having technical difficulties, which luckily I got that figured out. Did you? Um. So it's all fixed now. But, what, what did you have to end up doing? So they emailed me back and they said there's like a glitch this month for this billing cycle. And I had essentially they told me to cancel my subscription and then I'd have it until the end of the month. And then when it expires to re-sign up. And I'm like, hmm. okay, like that's kind of annoying, but. It seems really complicated. Once I did it, it started working again. So I'm like, that's huh. stupid. Like, So I'm wondering if other people who have like the actual app. Like, ran into the issue. Because I talked to a couple of my friends, but they only have the Amazon, like, add-on. Uh, so, like, it wasn't messing up for them. Gotcha. But, yeah, kind of annoying, but it's whatever. Hey, yeah. it's, it's fixed now, so next time we have movie night at my house, I'll pick one of those. Well, we watched a good movie out of it, so I'm, I'm not mad at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so, what I ended up doing was I just recently bought this movie because I really enjoyed it, and um, it was already out here in the living room, so I went ahead and picked it. Um, so, I did 2019's Harpoon. Um, just a quick... Uh, synopsis off of IMDb. I don't want to spend too long on uh, summarizing it, but it says, Rivalries, dark secrets, and sexual tension emerge when three best friends find themselves stranded on a yacht in the middle of the ocean, desperate for survival. Um, This movie, I would would describe it as, like, very stylistic and, like, a little bit of comedy, um, but there's, it turns more into horror maybe towards the end of the movie. Um, uh, It's, I would say more so i don't know if i'd say it's more comedy or more horror it's probably it's a good mix of both yeah because it's not like necessarily like hilarious and it's not like would you categorize it as comedy though i mean there there there's some comical moments but i mean that's what imdb categorizes that they said it's horror comedy yeah it's a horror comedy it's it's, it may not be as blatant as some other ones but i definitely think that it it had enough like slick jokes in there yeah like i said it's not heavy on the comedy like something like Shaun of the dead but 
it's definitely got comedy moments, and I think that's where the stylized part of it comes mm-hmm. into, like, with the narrator. So, like, there's a narrator in this movie that, like, kind of, he steps in occasionally and, like, makes some comments, and I think that part's comedy. Um, and just, like, the way that these three are acting at different times can be kind of comedic. It's not slapstick, but it's definitely, like, I feel like most comedies that, like this are, like, shown to be, like, slapstick, like, stupid stuff. Like, yeah. this is just smart, smart comedy in my mind. Sure. I mean, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, but just a little more to add on to the synopsis. So the beginning of the movie starts out with um, it introduces the three characters, but the way they do it is like the narrator introduces them, and it's the one. There's two guys and a woman, and like the one guy has an anger problem, and he shows up at the other guy's house and just like starts beating the hell out of him uh, because he suspects that his girlfriend, who is the female character, and him were ch- were cheating on him and having sex. Um, and so it goes from there, like, they they both bought him, like, the reason why it's called Harpoon is they both bought him a harpoon, or, as they would say, it's a spear gun. I was gonna say, shouldn't this be called spear yeah, gun? Yeah, so, like, um, they bought him that for his birthday, and so they, they go out on his, his uh, family's yacht for, to just, like, pl- test it out and play with it, and um, it, it just goes from there, like, the, the friendships are tested, and, like, it's just, it has some, like... I want to say twists and turns because that's what it is, but nowadays twists have like such a high bar. It's not like a, it's not like something like the end of Saul. Like it's nothing like that, but there are some like twists and turns in the plot at a basic sense. So. Yeah, I, I like I agree with that. I don't think that I, you're right. I think twist when you say that word and throw it out there, it has this big, this big narrative of like something crazy you'd never see right. coming. And there's nothing that you're gonna be like, oh my god. But I definitely sat up and was like, oh I shit. I feel like you can't say twist and turns now because if you say that and someone watches the movie, they're like, that wasn't very like I predicted it or like yeah. that wasn't very exciting. I'm like, that's not necessarily what I meant. Like a good misdirection. Not everything's gonna be like the end of Saw. Like yeah. oh my god. Like like you sit up and like your mind's blown. But it had right. good misdirection and I I didn't see it coming for sure. Um, well no because they. Spoiler alert! They the main one main guy they want they they lead you to believe throughout the whole movie that he's the good one like the good friend and like the good guy, but then it's like the complete opposite. It turns into a complete psycho. Yeah. Well, well I don't know. That he already he, was. He a probably psycho. already was. Yeah. They just brought it out of him, but. Yeah. So this was because friends bring out the best in us. Well, you know, only when you bang their girlfriends. <laughs> um. Yeah. This was a first time watch for me, as TJ said. Uh, I had only heard of it because he had mentioned it. Um, it was definitely an an indie flick, I think. Um, and I mean, I'm sure the budget wasn't too much cause it was just three people on a boat. Although do we ever actually, do they say where the setting of this place is? Like where it's supposed it, to take place. Yeah, I don't place. think they said that, but I looked up that it's, it was filmed, the, the, the ocean parts were filmed in Belize and then like parts of it were filmed in Canada. They you said tell. it was off the Atlantic. Yep, so, oh yeah, they, they did say. say that. So I wonder if it took place in Canada because it was the the other parts were filmed in Canada. So I don't know if it's like supposed to be in Canada. Or I would say it's probably supposed to be in the Caribbean because it looks like it's like a, a. Yeah, but why would they have traveled all the way from like up there to the? That would have taken longer. Okay, yeah, you're right. Well, that was but my only. It, well, actually, but you're right though. It was actually filmed in the Caribbean, so that's why it looks like that. The weird thing is, it's like the real Atlantic does not. The water does not look like that. Well, that's why that was my only comment because as we were watching, I'm like, man, the water is beautiful. Right. I'm like, God damn, it's like crystal clear. And then it said the Atlantic, and I'm like, yeah, that's not even. Like the only like, part of the Atlantic that will look like that is closer down to Florida. But some, I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, you know, it, it was it was no big deal, but. Um, so I really didn't even know what this was about. I think if you had told me, I really didn't remember. I didn't. I kind of just left it open because I wanted to, I wanted right. to show you, and I, I had a feeling that Brent specifically would like it. I wasn't sure how um, RJ would feel about it. But... Well, it's funny because, you know, going in, I, I feel like if I don't know the synopsis of a movie, like, you know, if I see the cover and, and I start to kind of make up my own mind about it, and 
The funny thing with this is um, I got it wrong, and I kind of assumed that this was going to turn out to be, you know, the three people on a boat and then some kind of, like, hostile person or a group would try and, like, almost pirate them and, like, take them over and they'd have to fight against them. So that never happened, um, to my surprise, but Sorry. I ended up, my good. I ended up, uh, I like how it turned out. I mean, like TJ had, you know, mentioned, did a good job with the synopsis that, you know, the three friends, you know, are their best friends. You know, two of them are a couple. And, um, you know, the one guy accuses his friend and his girlfriend of sleeping together. And, you know, they both deny it. And he feels like a piece of shit. So, you know, he's like, hey, let's do a boat Even day. Steven? Yeah. <laughs> they were super big on and that. And he literally beats the shit out of the guy. Like, saying that he beat him up is a understatement well, I said like beat the hell out of him the first time yeah. well i mean i, I mean, if somebody i mean if, if one of my like best friends like i caught them with a girlfriend like i'd be pretty fucking pissed too so yeah. i can't blame him but well, plus that guy already has anger problems yeah um but then with them going out there um i mean it was definitely it, it was just cool because you know you got to see the interactions with them and like the the, the boyfriend and girlfriend um but uh, it's funny because the one friend that got accused of cheating, uh, he just lost his parents pretty recently, and uh, I guess they also want to take uh, their remains out and kind of you know sprinkle them in the ocean or whatever. And what's left of them? Yeah, and so he's having like a good old time. Like he's got the the harpoon or the spear gun, and you know he's like fishing off the boat, and you know his friend and the girlfriend are you know kind of like cold shouldering each other, and the the boyfriend trying to make up for you know being an asshole or whatever. Um, and then they kind of slip up, and we find out that they actually are sleeping together. And then you know stuff kind of goes south from there. And um, it turns pretty dark when they like tried to kill. They basically must try to kill. Uh, I don't remember their names. Um, I'll look it up. One second. Richard was the the Rich, rich kid. Well, I think didn't they call him Richie? Because we laughed. Because yeah, RJ. I think so. Yeah. Um. But Richie, you know, he he basically found that they were cheating right, so together. Like, oh wait. And uh, okay, so Jonah is the, that's the right. one, the main guy. Then there's Richard and Sasha. Okay, that's right. So we find out that Jonah and Sasha like slept together once, and Richard, you know, freaks out and he pulls the spear gun. And uh, I mean, I don't know if he would have actually done it or not. I assume he probably would have since he was a psycho. But um, they end up taking control of him, and they get the, the spear gun from him. And they knock him out, and then they, you know, kind of hatch a plan to... That's one of the comedic parts. Like, yeah, to, like, like, kill him, but, like, not kill him. He, so, he, his Jonah's concern was, like, oh, we need to pass a lie detector test, so we don't want to look like we murdered them. So, like, he tries to, like, so they put him at the edge of the boat, and they're trying to, like, shake the boat so he falls off and, like, drowns. And then, like, he's like, oh, our conscience is clear. We were just doing some uh, exercises, and so it's, it's kind of funny. That was really funny, and it was smart, though. Like, I mean, if you think about it, because, right. they, I mean, they technically didn't push him or didn't kill him, so... Right. And then, but then, you know, he, he rolls in the water and splashes, and they think he's dead, and then all of a sudden they walk over, and he's like, what the fuck? You were going to kill yeah. me? You were going to drown <laughs> me? Like, that was hilarious. Um, and then they make the bargain where, you know, like, they don't want to kill him, and they find out that he's got the keys, so they can't go anywhere. And, you know, his condition is throw all the weapons and everything overboard, and then I'll come aboard and, you know, I'll take you back or whatever. I don't know how you guys felt, but, like, at, at first you hate him. But, like, I actually ended up liking him more yeah. than, like, he was actually, like, he had an anger problem, but that's really it. Like, well, and I, I think that was a good, one of the good twists to me is, like, just the character arc is, I think we're definitely supposed to not like him because he's the rich, you know, asshole, asshole that flies right off the handle. <laughs> but then I think, we, you know, we, we think Jonah's like this, like, poor Jonah, and we're supposed to feel for him. And then as the movie goes on, we start to see that he's the dark and evil one. And, right. you know, really it was it was Richie that was the normal one and, like, the actual, like, kind of good guy in this. But, 
Um, well, I wouldn't say he's good, but you know what I mean. I know yeah. what you mean. I know what you mean. He's yeah. like, we actually liked him and preferred yeah. him. Well, and it all breaks down, and, um, you know, essentially they go to start the boat once uh, Richie gets back on, and the boat will start. And, of course, they've thrown all their supplies overboard, so they're basically fucked. And it's just about, like, we <laughs> oh, yeah, watch them, like, break down and, like, trying to find food and yeah, like, he, the crazy stuff. Yeah, he tells stuff. them to, like, throw all the weapons off the boat before he gets back on and he even like makes them throw over like a was it a tuna or yeah the, the, the tuna that he he's caught. like this fish and then later when they're wanting food he's like well you made me throw the fish over he's like could have been used as a weapon yeah. <laughs> which is funny because i'm like if it was like a swordfish okay because of the the nose right. and i'm like there wasn't like i guess you could have hit him with the fish but i'm like if you're worried about being hit by a fish you know <laughs> slapped with the bass i know yeah um but yeah so we just watch them kind of break down and they're starting to go a little crazy and there are funny moments like when um Richie's throwing golf balls at seagulls to try and, like, kill them so he can drink the blood, and he ends up hitting one, and then they have to end up drinking it, and, um, it's just, it, we basically just watch them slowly sink into madness, and right. it was a lot of fun. RJ? I was just gonna say this, so there's probably three parts that were very, I'd say probably my, more or less my favorite parts of the movie. The one, so Jonah ends up getting, um, shot in the hand with the spear gun. And it gets, like, infected, and it's... They basically come to the conclusion, okay, well, we have to amputate it. Well, they threw all the weapons overboard. <laughs> so the only thing they have to amputate his arm is a piece of glass from a broken bottle. So they go to, you know, they go to cut him, and it's it doesn't end well, and they, they end up not doing it. Um, and the second, probably my second favorite part... So the whole thing with the cheating, it's just kind of like like a shadow lingering over them and then finally richie brings it up i think it was richie he wanted to know which one was better oh, yeah, they were just like drinking and stuff so then they start arguing and then um the girlfriend says you know richie was better because uh jonah's just too vanilla yeah he, he's too he's too like he's not i, I don't know but basically I, the impression i got was like you know he wasn't forceful enough so um then they didn't get her off that's what she was saying too oh okay so they start, um, they start going at it about that. But I think the ending, and it's it's that point where you realize how twisted Jonah truly is. Um, when they end up killing Richie, he goes over to the stairs and gets out like a packet of cookies that he saved and gives them to her. And then we think, okay, well, like so that okay, that's kind of shitty. But then he goes over to the cushion and pulls a um, a fuse out, and then we find out that that's the reason why the boat won't start so he's like concocted this whole scheme to get richie out of the way so that he can be with his girl which is i mean it's i mean it's it's pretty screwed up but yeah. um in the end everybody ends up dying um the girl ends up trying to drive the boat away and has never driven a boat before and forgot for some stupid reason just like Floors, um, it. floors it and then she falls back off the boat and it's just kind of going off the distance and we assume she drowns yeah i was gonna say like that's one of my favorite parts because like they yeah. brought up like so uh, earlier in the movie like the narrator stops everything and he's like he goes on and on about like the, the things that are bad luck when you're at sea you know he says like don't do this don't do this <laughs> and what one of the things he says is like and redheads are bad luck on boats i don't know why but it's always been a thing and so like <laughs> That gets revisited at the end, so, like, once the other two guys are dead, she goes to start the boat, and then she flies off, and he go he pauses it before she even hits the water, and he goes, 
Like I said, for some reason, <laughs> redheads are bad luck on a boat. And, like, I just, I don't know, I, I thought that was a good payoff. It was like, a good callback for sure. Mm-hmm. And it, it was hilarious. Like, that was the, I just feel like some, like, the really good horror comedies these days are ones where, like, you almost forget you're watching a horror movie because it's, the comedy's so slick and so smart. And that was this, and it was just, like, that was the perfect, like, nihilistic ending, but it was hilarious. I mean, she hits the water, and she looks up, and the boat's going away, and she's like, motherfucker. Right. Like, she's, she's not even, like, mad. She's like, god damn it. And I think RJ's right that she, we can obviously assume she dies because earlier on in the movie, like, Rich, like, they said if they could swim to shore to get help, and, and Richie or Richard says, like, no, there's, like, we're so far out. Like, no, it would take days and stuff. So, like, she's, I mean, no, she's dead. They had, yeah, they hadn't seen any boats, so they're pretty much screwed. Yeah, and that was that was the perfect way to end it. It was it was just funny that I mean, because they were all kind of pieces of shit. Like, yeah. they were all bad people. So really, like, you really don't feel bad for her in the end, or at least yeah. I didn't. So, um, I mean, honestly, that's what I was getting at. Like, I kind of in the end, it was like Richard was the one that I felt the most closely to feeling bad for, even though he was like the shitty one at the beginning. Like, because he, I don't know, he was the most. I don't know. She, I guess she was probably the most decent in a way, but he was better than Jonah. They were all shady, but I think he was, like, more straightforward. And I think, like, we saw him flip out about, you know, accusing them of cheating, and then we think that, you know, like, oh, he's just a psycho. They weren't cheating. And then when you find out that they were, and they, you know, lied even more, you know, and even though he had done stuff in the past, you just, like, and we start to see their personalities. And, again, Jonah plays, like, like the Jerry of Rick and Morty, like he plays like the like oh, the poor right. me kind of guy. Like I'm just this nice guy over here, and he's really like Jerry. the psycho mastermind. Like you <laughs> I know, love just, Jerry. No, I know, and that's that's what he reminded me of is just a human Jerry, like <laughs> just a pathetic piece of shit that you feel bad for, but then like that's his plan is like lure you into that. Uh, so Jerry going to see the Titanic museum. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. Anyways. But yeah, so I I mean I I really enjoyed it. Um, it was a a surprise hit for me and uh, one of those movies that. I just enjoy going back and looking at it, and you know, I would never have, I'd never heard of it, never saw it coming, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it was definitely a good pick, TJ. Yeah, I, I had never heard of it either, and I was listening, I always, every year, listen to, um, like, podcasters list off their top ten movies of the year, and, like, that was one that had popped up that I had never heard of, and so I went and, I had to rent it, because it wasn't streaming anywhere, and I was like, damn, like, that was a like that was a damn good movie. Like it would have made my top ten of 2019 high. Oh, me too. Year, like sure. I didn't see it before I made my top ten yeah, either. So like 100. So. But if you want, I can start the ratings off. Or yeah, that's, that's fine. Were you guys done, or did you have more talk? I'm about? good. Yeah, right. was it? It was good. Um, so for me, it's a four out of five. I would do a four out of five as well. Keep it consistent, and four out of five for me as well. Very highly recommended. If you can find a copy of it, we suggest you check it out for sure. So. So I was up next this time, um, and I brought um, a horror comedy, turns out, as well. Um, if you listen to all of our episodes, I had mentioned a couple times a list that I found on a website called iHorror, and it was the 20 best horror movies on Netflix you've never heard of. And this was one of those movies, and um, I obviously liked it enough to buy it, but um, it was a 2014 uh, New Zealand film called Housebound, and it's directed by uh, Gerard Johnston. And essentially, uh, the movie's about um, a woman named um, Kylie, and she's basically like a petty criminal. The movie starts out with her and a male accomplice basically trying to rob uh, an ATM. And they're morons, and they end up getting caught. And uh, I don't know if this was like her first crime. I don't think it was. 
But maybe New Zealand's like really light on punishment because I mean she tr- it was like attempted robbery and she only gets house arrest. So um, I don't know. She gets sent uh, to her mom's house, which to me doesn't really sound like the worst punishment in the world if you end up you know getting caught for that. And obviously she didn't want to go back to her mom's house, but um, so that's what what ends up happening. And she gets sent back and. Um, her mom lives there and then she has a stepdad who she's not super fond of. And, um, basically she goes back and she has a, you know, crappy attitude and is just trying to pass the time or whatever. And, um, her mom is convinced that the house is haunted. So she's skeptical, of course. And, um, as the film unfolds, we start to see and hear little things that, you know, we notice that she kind of starts to believe it as well. And, um, we come to find out that they're, you know, it's, it's sort of haunted in a way, but a way we don't expect. Um, and one thing I liked about this was the fact that I feel like this movie had several red herrings. I don't know if you guys would agree with that, but, um, yeah. I mean, again, we, we, we first think that, you know, like, okay, the mom's crazy or whatever. And I feel like this movie has different tones as well. Like it starts out and it, you know, it feels, it starts to feel like a regular haunting movie and it's got yeah. all the signs of a classic haunting or whatever. And then, um, you know, the Kylie ends up uncovering the fact that um, her mom and her dad originally bought the house, um, and it was very cheap, and it was because it was um, was an orphanage, I think. Didn't it have something to do with like people that had mental um, dis- like disabilities or something? Yeah, I don't know if it. I think it was like a, like almost like a it was a halfway house is what it was um, uh, okay. for like troubled youth, and they find out that there was uh, a murder of a young woman there. And so Kylie and her mom start to think that, okay, like, you know, this woman is haunting the place and, you know, she's trying to tell us something. She wants to reveal the killer. So uh, there's a creepy neighbor that has like a junkyard and a house next door. And um, we're kind of led to believe that he might be the killer. And that's one of the things where I think, you know, the red herring is kind of thrown off. Um, And come to find out, as we see, and there's a spoiler if you, you know, don't want to hear it, just don't listen yet, but... Just turn the um, volume down. Yeah, but there's actually um, somebody living in their walls, and that's where a TJ's story from tonight comes in. What? Um, <laughs> heads exploding. Uh, but what essentially, did? this... Um, he's like a young... He almost has like... He has like a mental disability or like a personality disorder, but... His name's Eugene, and he's like an expert, like with like mechanics and electronics. And um, can I interrupt for just yeah, a second? Yeah, go for he it. Looks like, he looks like Marv. He looks like Marv in yeah. Home Alone too. Like when he has, I think it's the second one when he has like the the flower or something all over his face. And he, he just got electrocuted. Yeah, <laughs> that that was the first thing I thought when I watched it. And TJ mentioned I it. I said and it, I and then the Brent's thing. like, "That's exactly what I thought." Yeah, like he looks hilarious, and he's just like this creepy guy that has been living in the walls this entire time. And, um, you know, he's the reason like their electric bill has gone up and down. He eats their food. Um, he has like this whole like surveillance system. Um, and I don't know about you guys. I didn't see that coming when I first watched it. I thought it was hilarious oh, no. that he was living. You mean like, like the guy living in the walls? Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't see that coming. No. Yeah. And I think that's, what's kind of fun about this is, um, like I said, you know, we're led to believe like it's like a murder it's mystery. A ghost. Yeah. It's, it's a, like ghost. a ghost. Yeah. And that's what, you know, and I feel like I, if you're watching it and I, I assume I felt the same way the first time is like, it was an okay movie. Like, oh, okay. It's a, it's a typical ghost story, blah, blah, blah. And then this twist, I feel like really like I cracked up when you first see Eugene and see his face. Like in the, <laughs> I, when, when you see him in the bathroom and he's like, God, he freaks out and runs away. Like, <laughs> 
It was hilarious. I know, I was like, at first I didn't know if I was supposed to be laughing, so I felt bad, but I'm like, it's pretty funny. No, it was, it was hilarious. <laughs> and so, um, you know, and basically the entire time, um, Kylie's being treated by this uh, psychologist, and... He looks like a pedophile. Looks 100% like a pedophile, <laughs> and we end up finding out that um, he was, like, he's the killer, he murdered this girl, and so he, once he realizes they figured it out, he, he comes in the house and tries to kill them, and uh, they end up, you know, Eugene helps, and... Um, and it's it ends in a you know pretty funny way, but um, but yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny, and it, like I said, I thought it had a few good twists, and I never saw that twist coming for sure. You know, I just assumed it was a standard like haunting or or whatever. And I feel like it it did a good job of kind of mixing the tone up of of seriousness, but of comedy. Like um, Amos, the the security guard that was responsible for Kylie, like he was really funny, and he was like a amateur ghost hunter, and um, you know tried to help her a few times, and. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? I really enjoyed it. I I would agree with you guys. I mean, it's even from the um, the the cover, the art on the cover. You would think it's a ghost, but it's a really. I know you, I I didn't expect it coming at all. Where it's you know a guy living in the walls, and it it seems to come off as like oh this is just another knockoff of the boy, but it really it takes a whole other direction. Um, and I mean. And essentially, I mean, he's he's not a mur- the guy living in the walls. Eugene is not a murderer. He's the the worst thing that they imply that he was capable of in the movie was he was trying to put some kind of animal back together or something that he had. I don't. They don't even say if he had torn it apart or something. He was just trying to put it back together. I don't think he killed it. Yeah, I think he just liked putting things back together. Right. So so I mean, it, you know, it's again, it's it's just like wrong place at the wrong time. But um, I mean, it's. I, I wouldn't. I, I enjoyed it. I had never heard of this movie before, and like the movie that TJ brought, I was really happy with this one. I'm glad Brennan ended up, pick, ended up picking it. Well, it's funny. I I don't. You may not remember when we were doing our top of the decade list. This was on my honorable mentions, and I had told you because the boy was on your list. I said, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember, remember this, and this mm-hmm. is why. What's well, yep. funny because this actually came out a year before the boy, and they had nothing. To oh, do with, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. They had nothing to do with each other, obviously, but it was just because I knew I was like you know person on the wall, like keeping you in mind that I, you know I figured you'd enjoy that. Um, well, and another twist that I enjoyed. So, the the girl who was murdered, Eugene, was a lot younger when it happened. But I guess he like watched the entire thing. And the um, the girl who's the main, I, I can't remember Kylie. Her name, Kylie. Yeah. She asks him, "Why didn't you do something? Why didn't you help?" And you, I mean, it's clearly obvious that there's not that Eugene isn't 100 percent there. Yeah. But he basically just says, "You know, I thought I thought that they thought that." I had done it, or they would try to take me away, you know, and all this other stuff. But, yeah. I don't know, in the end, you kind of feel for the guy. He ends up helping and help kill the bad guy, so, you know, you can't hate him. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's you think he's, like, the the evil and the bad of the movie, and he's really, like, a good guy in the comic relief. Like, he just has, you know, like, it's funny because, like, you see, I assume he couldn't talk. And then he just starts talking in regular sentences, but he just has, like, a social disorder. Like, he's just... He's like afraid of people, and he likes living in the walls apparently. And so, um, yeah, he was he, he was very funny. So, yeah. TJ, what do you think? I, I I also liked it at first when I when we started watching. I didn't like it because I'm like, oh, it's just another like generic ghost movie. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to say that, but I was feeling that. Yeah. But you know, as as it kept going and and it, it went on past that, and I really enjoyed it. I personally really liked the comedy in it. Like, um, 
it's hard for me to like explain this part that made me laugh because you if you haven't seen it you won't understand what i'm saying but i'm gonna say it anyways and brent's gonna know what i'm talking about but i love that part when she's talking to eugene and like i forget what he's <laughs> sitting with the <laughs> yeah. headphones on yeah. like she turns around and he's just like i can't sudden, i can't hear you all of a sudden he's like back in his chair with his headphones on watching tv and like he's not even listening yeah she's bitching at him and like scolding him and yeah he just ignores her and just goes to watch his tv like i love that part yeah it was but, so subtle and simple right. but it was, it was perfect yeah i just remember i was like cracking up and you might not have been laughing as hard because you had already seen it but yeah. i feel like i was the only one laughing and i'm like i felt like such a spaz because i'm like why am i cracking up and but i don't know i think this is like uh it, it, the comedy part is kind of undersold so like i feel yeah. like it, it really was a funny movie like um i thought the mom was funny too like when she once she teams up with her daughter and they yeah. stop fighting like she's pretty funny well and you tj had asked me when we first started watching the movie is this a horror comedy and i i said yes and i was hesitant because i knew that the first like three-fourths of the movie re- like it has funny moments in it but it's not as heavily stated but i i knew once a twist it took so like I'm sure he was thinking, like, what the fuck, like, you know, like, this isn't really, like, a horror comedy like I expected, but, I, you know, once you get to that point, it, it ends up turning out that way, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a good, like, horror story as well, but. Yeah. I, for me, like, for, for me to enjoy, like, a horror comedy, like, I have to appreciate the comedy, like, that was what I had struggled with, with, like, Wolf Cop, like, I, that one was straight up comedy, but I, I didn't connect with the comedy. Yeah. But, yeah, overall, I enjoyed it, um both RJ and Brent made points that I agree with and I'm not going to rehash, but, um, yeah, I was surprised because it wasn't the generic ghost story that I saw coming. So, well, and that's what, that's where the good twist comes in. And I, I mean, I think we're all sick of just generic ghost stories. Like, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's, there's my, there's this fair share of good ghost story movies out there. It's just that, so there's some out there that's just like okay we've seen this kind of thing but i do want to also mention like uh, what was his name is it is it amos amos yeah i really enjoyed his character like i'm glad he didn't end up dying because like i thought that he was a goner at one point but you had told me oh he just got hit in the back of the head but so he was he was fun i'm glad he didn't end up getting killed and yeah i like that part when he got stuck under he got stuck in the bear trap and she kind of put the the truck cover over him so that that guy didn't see him. Yeah. I actually like that the neighbor didn't end up being like a bad guy. Cause like, it was too I, easy. Yeah. It was too easy. I'm like, I'm like, that's, they made it like that's, but I'm glad that he wasn't. So, well, and that's why I said that was a good red herring is, you know, yeah. it, it multiple times you think it's this person, then you think it's another person. And we, I think we, you know, I had suspicions it was the therapist, and then I'm like, ah, it's not him, and then it turns out to be him. And Well, um, remember what's funny is, remember when the movie first started and they first showed him out in front, and I said, oh, he's creepy. Yeah, because he was just standing and, like, there. Did that make you kind of laugh on the inside? Oh, like, yeah. Well, you'll see. Yeah, you'll find out, yeah. Um, yeah, you, you nailed it, but... Um, I mean, I didn't know that, but I did think he was creepy. So yeah, was, like, he, perfect. he lived up to it. Um, it's funny because it says in, I guess they were going to do a U.S. remake in 2015 oh. with the original director and writer, but I've never heard anything Stop else of it. So I, Stop remaking foreign movies to me. I assume it's not because that was that was five years ago and I've heard nothing else about it. What, what's so. the country of origin? That was New Zealand. New Zealand. Did you already yeah. say that? Yeah. Oh, I apologize. That's right. New Zealand's got a lot of, like, that, what we do in the shadows, like, there's a lot of good horror comedy from yeah. New Zealand, which is... And that was actually his uh, I wanted feature to film debut. follow a woman to New Zealand, but yeah. they routed me, and it took me 18 months. When I got there, she was married already. And... Yeah, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll know. Yeah, you'll, you'll know what that's about. But but yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, again, it was one off that list that I bought, and uh, and I when I I brought it, I, I remember I liked it, but I couldn't remember a ton about it. So it was almost like a a good refresher for me. And um, 
it, that twist just killed it for me, and it was it, it was just as good. So uh, I'm gonna stick with my favorite part being that part when she's talking to him to Eugene and turns around. And he's just like yeah, he just and he's like okay. he's in the back of his head with the headphones on. He's like whatever. Yeah, he was he was awesome. Um, yeah. So anything else you guys want to say about it? I'm good. No, I mean I anything else I would have wanted to say you two already mentioned. So cool. Uh, I'll kick off the rating. Uh, this was a 3.5 for me. RJ? I'd give this one a 4. Okay. Uh, you stole my answer. I was going to give it a 3.5. Okay. All right. Um, another one, three thumbs up from us. Go check it out. Uh, I don't know if it's streaming on Netflix. It, it's probably been on and off, but if you can find it, check I, it out. It might be. I think I've seen it on there before. Yeah, that's that's where it originally was for a long time. So, um, yeah, feel free to check it out. Cool. Yep. Okay, and uh, I was, uh, last this time, I ended up picking Nightmare on Elm Street 3. So this one, out of the out of the first three, this is more of a sequel than the first one. This is something that TJ and I were talking about before we had started watching it. Um, I don't know, because uh, Nancy, who um, or Heather Langenkamp, who, is, who plays Nancy, she ends up coming back in this one, and I don't know how many years it's been, but... Uh, I think she's, they said four or five. Yeah, so she's supposed to be in college, uh, almost graduated, and she's an intern or something. But um, so essentially, Freddie has started to attack um, the rest of the kids on Elm Street, and they've all been admitted to this psych ward that is. Um, I mean, it's. I would say it's. It's it's a pretty old place, isn't it, TJ? It's from huh? it's supposed to be from like the sixties or something, isn't it? Uh, the psych well, ward. If you're thinking back to that story about Freddy's origins, it's from the forties, so okay. it's even older than that. And I'll I'll get back to why that's important, but so essentially, um, you know, Freddy's coming after all these kids, and if any of you have seen um, Freddy vs. Jason, they pull quite a bit from this movie and that storyline, but. Uh, the, probably the thing that I like most about this video, this movie, is that each of the kids, it really, it really dives into the power of dreams, and I think that's what Russ, Wes Craven was really trying to do in this movie. Um, so each of the kids has their own unique power, and it, it represents a um, like their weakness in real life. So there's one kid who is um, paraplegic and he's able to walk. Uh, there's another kid who. Uh, he, he can't talk in real life, and, you know, in the dream world, he has a really loud voice. And it, it's just different things like that, and they're able to use this against Freddy in certain ways. But this also starts to show how Freddy came to be, and so there's a part of the ward that's been closed off for years, and Amanda Kruger, who we find, find out is Freddy's mother... Was actually, yeah, <laughs> was actually was actually a a nun in the in the ward because it was it was I don't know they never clarify it was a, if it was a part of a church or if it was just a religious organization how it started but we ended up finding out that Freddie was the result of um, all the inmates you know basically gang raping uh, his mother and because she accidentally got locked in that part of the ward and they just went. Um, just had their way with her, but uh, we find that out about Freddy, which ends up explaining a lot. But uh, probably one of the, and I, I don't think TJ liked this part very much. But towards the end, so the the whole goal is to basically bury 
get, give uh, Freddy Krueger a burial. You know, get um, bury him on hallowed ground. And because in the in the end in the end of the first movie, you know, they burn him. Well, actually, it was before that, but they burn him. They hide the bones, so he never gets a proper burial. So they're basically alluding that's why he's able to have the power that he has, and blah blah blah. But they end up finding his bones. They end up um, and the the skeleton briefly comes back alive as like Freddy, which I mean, I, I that was probably one of my more favorite parts of the movie. But um, they ended up they end up beating him and. Uh, Bearing him and uh, I was uh, I was right in the world. Now I know um, TJ had seen this before, but I was interested to see uh, what Brent's thoughts were on this because I I thought that the, with how much with the type of movies that he likes, I thought that this would probably be one of his more favorite ones out of this uh, series. See, what's hard is I've seen the first two in the series, and then I've seen the remake, which I don't count. And then I've seen um, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. So I haven't seen all of them. So it was it's kind of hard because it's not it's not out of order for me, but it almost kind of was because I don't I don't remember the first one all that well at this point. Um, but I did like the fact that um, it was kind of the kids taking back their their dreams, like reluctantly, I will say, because obviously, um, you know, none of them were too excited about the prospect at first and. None of them realized they had powers in their dreams until Nancy, uh, you know, kind of coaxed it out of them. Um, I think Freddie was hilarious, and I think you guys have said this was where he starts to kind of get funny and has his, like, little one-liners and stuff. Um, like the welcome to primetime bitch that when he killed the one girl on the TV was that was a good one. Um, and I had seen um, pictures, and I had seen uh, some of the figures of Freddie with the syringe fingers, so that was cool to see where that came from. Um, I, the effects were awesome. I liked when he was like that giant worm thing. He like tried to swallow that girl whole. Um, it's funny because I remember as a kid he scared me, but I feel like as an adult I feel stupid that he scared me because I feel like now like he's just goofy, you know? Like I don't know, he's really not. He's just like a smartass. Um, but it, it it was definitely interesting. Um, I mean Heather Langenkamp's acting isn't the greatest, I don't think. Um, I mean, she's, she's hot, which, and that nurse scene was, I enjoyed that, where she ends up, like, almost banging the, the mute kid, but ends up being Freddy. Um, the skeleton scene was interesting. Um, I, I feel like they could have done without that, like, it, I, it was goofy, and I guess it fits with the story, but it was weird to me, like, his skeleton randomly, well, first off, it's in perfect condition, and, like, you know, I figured when they had bones in them, it'd just be, like, random bones here and there, but... Um, it reanimates and then tries to fight, uh, the doctor. So, um, I, I liked it. Uh, I think I need to watch the whole series to get a full grasp of like where this would fall. Um, because I, I thought I would like the comedy more of Freddy, but I, I like the first one definitely where he's like the scary figure in the shadows kind of thing. So, um, I need to go back, like I said, and rewatch this whole series and just kind of see like where I would kind of put this in you know what i mean so um so yeah i'll let tj talk a little bit about it sure um in my opinion this is one of the better nightmare on elm street movies out of the franchise i i see the franchise in like two different trilogies almost there's like the west craven trilogy that's the first one dream warriors and new nightmare and then there's like four five and six um where you have like alice and and the whole storyline with his daughter and all that um which i'm not real big fan of that one um, 
so I, I like, I do enjoy the, the first one's, like, leaks ahead of the others in my, in my opinion, like, that's my favorite, and then, like, both Dream Warriors and New Nightmare kind of, like, both hover at two and three, depending on the day, I can switch, switch them back and forth, but I've always, um, enjoyed Dream Warriors, and I, I didn't leave out the second one, but that's just because it's kind of, like, its own thing, which I, I do actually enjoy the second one, but it's... I was gonna give you shit for leaving it out, but then I, I knew exactly why you had, d- had done it. Yeah, because, which... like, I, I feel like there's, like, there's, like, two trilogies, almost, and then the second one's kind of, like, out of place. I still like the second one. That's actually... I prefer that over the, the second trilogy I mentioned, but, um... It's almost like it could happen after three. Like, you could put two right after three. Yeah, I don't know, because, like, see, the third one is the whole the whole point of the third one is all those kids are supposed to be the last remaining kids of elm street and then they defeat freddy so like uh, clearly the studio and like the producers wanted to continue I've, I've seen the um the, the the documentary never sleep again where they actually talk about they go from movie to movie but clearly they wanted to keep making them because of the money and all that but the third one was kind of like a good like ending if they were gonna end it because it's like that's the final kids from elm street that freddy was trying to, to pick off and and they defeat him and they like they gain that strength and power in themselves again and so but <clears throat> anyways is that why it kind of goes off the rails you think later with later sequels well again i think that's that they have different directors and that's the director's vision what they what they made it and and uh Bob Shea is the producer, okay. and he, you know Lynn Shea from, like, uh, Insidious and all those movies? That's her brother, and, um, and that's funny. Cause I wondered, because with the last name. So, Bob Shea is, like, the producer, and, like, he was the one that would, like, you know, hire on these directors, and obviously the only thing that they kept in all of them was, was Robert England, but, like, um, I think they just, they kept seeing it go in that direction. Like, the fourth one is, like, basically, like, an MTV music video. And, like, that's what the director did with it. And I, I'm not a fan personally, but some people love that shit. So, but um, I, I agree with what Brent said. I, I think that the first one was, like, the one that was truly horror and scary. And, like, that's why I, I kind of like that because I'm, I'm different than some people. I like the darker rather than, like, the comedic. Well, I do love comedy. I shouldn't say it like that, but you get where I'm coming yeah. from. Yeah. And, uh... But, but but Dream Warriors, that's not affected too bad by that. Like, it's it's a good combo. I, it's enough comedy where it doesn't ruin it for me. It's not too silly. Um, the only part that I really don't like in Dream Warriors, RJ mentioned earlier, and Brent talked about it, is I'm not a fan of that skeleton part because I just think it's it just looks so ridiculous. And, like, I I know we're, like, in 2020 saying this, but it just, it's, it, like, it, like the, the dancing skeleton sword fighting, like, I don't know, it just kind of looked... I didn't really personally like that part, but... Um, well, with him then, coming to the real world, too, I think was weird. We, we talked about that. Like, he was always existing in the dreams, and then he came into the real world then, randomly. Well, yeah, but he does that even more so in the second one, and people will hate the second one for that. But yeah. we won't get into that, because we're not talking about the second one. But I don't know. It, it wasn't even that that bugged me. It was just the way it looked. Um, it almost would have been cooler had, like... You know how, like, when that happened, like, Freddy disappeared from, like, Nancy and them? Like, it would have been almost cooler if, like he appeared there and fought them but that wouldn't yeah. really make sense i guess but um the other part that i thought was kind of cheesy but it doesn't ruin the movie i'm not it's not hurting my score or anything but the other part that's cheesy is like when when nancy's dad like comes down like an angel and he's like hello nancy <laughs> yeah and, but like, that, that ends up being i i know yeah. but it's just like the way that they presented it it could have been like less i don't know how to explain it like, like it's the 80s so i shouldn't be judging it but it's like 
it's just kind of corny because he's like, hello, Nancy, like, I forgive you, and I'm sorry, and all this, and, like, I know that it turns out to be Freddy, and it's a trick to, right, and that part's good, I like that part, but it is kind of, sorry, my cat is being really annoying, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, like, it's, it's, it's in my top three of the franchise, like, so. Well, what I was going to say, so what I originally wanted to do, I wanted to bring my my favorite Friday the 13th movie, my favorite sure Halloween movie, and, you did that. and my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie. So, done. for the Friday the 13th was um, the sixth one. Halloween was the first one. And for the Nightmare on Elm Street series, the first one would definitely be my favorite, but I still wanted to bring this one. So I still plan on bringing the first one. Um, but, I mean, that, that would be my favorite. This one would be probably my number two pick. But... I think if I could... Offer like what I think would have been better and would have done instead of the skeleton thing. Like, I think it would have been cooler if Freddy was in the dream world fighting the kids and if he was like really overpowered and like about to kill them. And then once they started messing with the, the bones, like he either pulled away or he got weaker and then they could have fought. Like, I just felt like the skeleton was unnecessary. Like, it was like goofy, but I just feel like it kind of took me out of it. Like, I think it would have been better if something like that where he would just was weaker or like pulled him out instead of like his, like, perfect skeleton, you know, coming up and, like, you know, dancing or whatever, so, uh, again, I mean, it didn't, it didn't kill it for me, I just, if I could offer, like, if I could have done it differently, that's probably what I would have done, just, just to keep with the theme, and, like, it looked like it was, like, a, out of that Jason and the Argonauts movie or whatever, and I'm like, that was years before that, yeah, I don't know, it was so cheap and goofy, but other than that, the effects, I think, were really good, and on his kills were good, um, what's your favorite kill, uh, of all of them, if you had to pick one from this one? From Dream Warriors? Yeah. Um, you guys can answer too. Don't just stare at me. My favorite kill, and I, I, I it's, I think it's probably my favorite kill in the franchise. Was uh, one of the first uh, kills is Freddy is he almost, and in, in, in real life it's just like he's sleepwalking. So there's a kid who sleepwalks, and mm-hmm. um, that's not what he said when we were watching the movie. He. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to explain your joke later, but well, that okay, yeah, but that wasn't that. <laughs> as you pointed out, that wasn't a kill, but um, that would qualify his favorite scene. Still said it. But so he ends up like pulling the ligand, the ligaments out of his arms and legs, and almost uses him as like a puppet. So he those end up being the strings, and he's like pulling him by the arms and feet, and slowly walking him out of the window. That was painful to watch, like, just imagining, like, how that would feel. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a cool scene. Uh, and that really kicks off, like, the Dream Warriors, like, wanting to fight back, too. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly, to me, one of the coolest and creative kills in the whole series. But I'm not gonna... I don't want to cheat. I technically, when I while we were watching it, I said my favorite was when um, What's-Her-Face gets pulled into the TV. Because I love that line, and I, I just thought it was cool that she, that's how she got killed. But, um... I mean, he, he's he's right. That is a really cool one. That that probably is one of my favorites, but I'm not going to cheat because I already said that What's-Her-Face's death was my favorite while we were watching the movie. Was he like, welcome to Hollywood, bitch. Welcome to primetime. Welcome to primetime, yeah. bitch. Yeah. But it's funny. That's like the second time that... Uh... So it's weird because like in Scream, Wes Craven, he didn't write Scream, so I, sh- I shouldn't credit him for these, but it's funny. He had the one guy get killed with the TV, and then he had the her get killed with the TV. They're both... He wrote dream warriors and didn't direct it and then he directed scream and didn't write it but it's just kind of funny that he's connected to the tv kills yeah sorry go ahead um 
Did he kill the girl with the syringes? Yeah. Yeah, she's dead. The only ones that didn't die were Kincaid, Joey, um, Kristen, and those are the only three that survived, and then, well, the doctor didn't die, but yeah. Yeah, this is, about good, the kids. this is a good example of not only does a black guy not die first, he doesn't die at all. So yeah, well, that's the thing though. Like, even though Wes Craven didn't direct it, he wrote it. But he was he was pretty progressive as far as like race in his movies. Yeah. Um, I did like the the syringe kill because he killed the girl like she was like a like a drug addict and he killed her with the syringes. Like, like drug addict. Yeah. That was cool. Um. Man, that's that's tough. I asked the question, but I don't even know if I can answer. But to we, be all, fair, we both know it's the like TV. I say, to be fair, the though, like, badass, yeah. this movie probably has, like, out of all the whole franchise, it's probably got the better got set a lot of, kills. of good kills, like, yeah. Because, like, I love the first movie, but, like, some of the... Yeah, never mind. I'm not going to say that. Retract my <laughs> statement. <laughs> I would say probably the TV, just because it was a good one-liner, and he pulls her into the TV, and then later, we like they're in that rec room, and the TV is still like, all busted out, and like, there was like a black smudge like where she was pulling. Yeah, he's and, like, like, they're hanging out in the TV room, and then like... <laughs> it was like, the evidence is still there. That's what I like. But I did like the um, the marionette part. was definitely cool, and um, I wasn't sure if he was actually going to kill that kid or not, but um, but yeah, I, the TV. The TV was just cool, because it was just, you know, as the viewer, it's just perfect, like... She got what she wanted, so. It's hard because I want to say my favorite kill in the entire franchise, but it's not in this movie, so I should hold my tongue. Yeah, wait till then. We'll do it. I'm sure we could do like a spotlight on this whole series. We might as well not because he's going to bring the first movie, and then that's two of the six. Yeah, we'll just briefly touch on them. Um, Well, like, there's. I was going to say, yeah, there's more. If we count Freddy vs. Jason, there's eight. Yeah, I think Freddy vs. Jason falls under both, to be honest, because I think it's like 50 50. Have you even seen the remake, RJ? Of what? Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah, I've seen it. Have you? I. It would be dead last. Yeah, it's I, I didn't like it at all, and I went in with an open mind because I hadn't seen all these, but it was just not 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 good at all. I don't like it, but I don't know if it's dead last. I don't know. I'd have to like. Really well, I guess I, I again. There's I a couple to all. me that are really bad. I need. I'm, I'm curious about the MTV one because I think I may end up liking that one, but Maybe I don't know. You will, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say, but okay. Um, all right. Anything else you guys want to say? You guys ready to rate it? Yeah, let's rate it. Okay. Um, it's his movie, so don't you go first. Sure, go for it. Yeah, that's what we do, I think. <laughs> I want to give this one. Oh, go with tough. your heart, man. Go with your dick. <laughs> or your dick, yeah. Whatever. Remember that scene that you loved with Joey? Whatever organ you have, you want to go with, just go with that. I give this one a four. Okay. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this one a 3 out of 5. TJ? Man, I'm like I'm like higher than RJ on this, honestly. <laughs> but uh, for me, it's a 4.5. But keep in mind, like, I'm the slasher guy. And, like, this this series, this is, like, a big slasher franchise. And I, I love, I can watch. See, the thing is, like, even, like, the ones that I hate in this franchise, I'd much rather probably watch those See, and like I, some other movies out there so. i i wanted to give it a 4.5 but i can't did i say my score already you did oh yeah. <laughs> i swear i was like i wanted I to but <sighs> no you can't go back yeah now. no 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 i know i won't <laughs> but i was gonna explain why i shot on a but it's hey, for another it's for another RJ, time. man you you should get an award this week you gave all three movies a four very consistent i'm gonna give you like a golden sticker with a four on it <laughs> So TJ, what do you think? Um, what do you think kept this from being a five for you? Just just out of curiosity. Because it's not the first one. Here's the thing, like the first one, like I said earlier, is like 
I keep that on a pedestal compared to like all yeah. the others in the in the franchise, and like both New Nightmare and Dream Warriors are both. I would I would say hovering around that four point five region because yeah. like I do love them, but they're not at the level of of sure. Nightmare on Elm Street because the thing is is like Nightmare on Elm Street was so well crafted in my opinion, and like it's scary and it's and and then like this one threw in some aspects that brought it down a little bit for me like there was the goofy like skeleton fight and there was um like like when um i have shit what's his name in the movie i know his name's ira in real life the wizard master like when when he like does his whole wizard master thing and like it's just little things like that where it's like i didn't like that either it's not that i hate it but it's like that's not what would push it up to a five for me that's what's kind of like pushing it in the other direction so it's like little things like that are pulling it but not enough for me to give it lower than a 4.5 like this still is like one of my like would be one of my favorite horror movies like that's the thing so yeah i hope i explained it you did yeah i was just just curious because you rated the highest so i was just curious what yeah so i mean but also the fun thing is is like there's some franchises out there that wouldn't even even my favorite in that franchise wouldn't get that high yeah absolutely five is a high honor so i mean it's you know it's not to be played around with, so, so. yeah. Um, anything else you guys want to touch on at all? Um, as far as like this movie goes, or, uh, just or the any of the movies at night. Too. Any of the movies at night, yeah. Uh, so I mean, we I wanted to kind of get back in the habit of doing this, and we kind of I think we did it a little bit, but not fully. Um, Harpoon is not streaming currently. That's only available. I rented it on Vudu. If you want to rent it, um, or if you know me personally, you're welcome to borrow my Blu-ray. Um, otherwise, I think it's just available on rental. Um, did can you, did you check see if Housebound was on Netflix? I didn't. No. Um, just like really quick, I uh, let me see here. No, it it was. I've seen it on a couple times that I not recently that I haven't paid attention since I owned it. So Housebound. I'd be curious to see if it's it was. It's not on Netflix currently, but I can tell you if it's streaming. Um, and then Dream Warriors, it's, that's tough because those, like, Friday the 13th, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, like, a lot of those are, like, randomly streaming here yeah. and there, but they're never consistently. Yeah, see, House Mountain is not currently streaming anywhere, so you're kind of out of shell luck with these movies that we've talked about. But, yeah. And Dream Warriors isn't currently streaming as far as I can see. Um, but, I mean... Hopefully you'll get lucky. Yeah, if you can find me, just you know, if any of them sound interesting, put them on a list, and you can hopefully find them. And so yeah, check them out. Um, Um, We're gonna end up doing uh, Spotlight this month, uh, and we're gonna be all three separately watching the Dracula series on Netflix. So um, keep an eye and an ear out in a couple weeks, and we're gonna go ahead and um, watch that and rate and review and give give our thoughts. So be on the lookout for that. Um, anything else you guys want to say? So next month, um, for our movie night, we'll just go ahead and give you our picks now. So if you want to try and check them out, uh, I'm going to do the one I was going to pick a couple months ago. Good night, mommy. Uh, that was made my top, top 10, I believe of the, the decade. So I'm going to show these guys that and see what they think. I'm going to bring the skeleton key. Okay. I'm going to do, uh, thir- the 13 ghost the remake version like the one that more people like i don't feel like i don't know i never hear them talk about the original awesome cool well uh as always thanks for listening um we appreciate your any of your comments your feedback tj if you want to drop the social media yeah um you can find us on twitter death by stereo on twitter um and the email is 
deathstereopodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you would like to send us an email, we don't get a lot of email love, but it's there if you need to send us anything. <laughs> or just gripe at us, whatever. You can tell us we suck. That's we'll fine. also be at, um, in March, the three of us will be at Cincinnati Whorehound. So mm-hmm. if you're going to be there, uh, you can send us a message or on Twitter and just let us know and we'll maybe we can meet up with you and say hey. Yeah. So. Yep, absolutely. So until next time, see you. See you guys. Thank you.